was born he waited till your mom and daddy went into the nursery and the hospital and said we'll call him John Brown McGillicuddy and then God said wow what a neat name God knew your name before the foundation of the world and wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life associated with his name <laughs> that's my Jesus St. John 15, 15. Now, is that something that's just kind of been hatched out in the last century, that of believing that God knew all of that, or does that go way back? Way back. Way back. As a matter of fact, the early church, that's the way they believed it, and that's the way they taught it, because that's the way their rabbi taught it. Let's... Listen to the words of the rabbi, St. John 15, 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father have I made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have a Peter standing there. Of course, you know, he, he come from Armenianism and he's really struggling with, they didn't struggle. And remember, this is pre-Calvinism, pre-Armenianism. So Jesus said it. Guess what? They just believed it. They accepted it. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained, which means set in order, ordained you that you should go forth and bring, go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Well, I guess we can go home. My, how many believes that truth? Now, if this was your rabbi, you're living in the first century A.D. now. This is around 32, 33 almost. So these, you hear him say these words over and over and over again. And then you're a disciple and you're a preacher. You've been called to preach. So wonder how you would preach this then. If you really believed what he taught, you'd preach it the way he taught it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the stability that you set in your church. We know the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal that the Lord knoweth them that are his. We know, Father, that Satan cannot, absolutely cannot 
destroy the plan or the program of God. We're so grateful, Father, to know that you are the one, Lord Jesus, that instituted the great gospel program. It will reach every seed life. Father, may you speak to us tonight from your word. May we be benefited by our gathering together. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Psalms 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. God don't want moons, suns, stars, horizontal rainbows, cosmic light. God wants people. Blessed is the people that he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Again, St. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, we realize as true believers, the world is going to hate us. If the world doesn't hate us, it's probably a good sign we're not believers anyway. But if we are the people of God, the world will hate us because He chose us. Now, the world is not going to hate us just because of our peculiarities. Well, we wear this and we do this and we don't go there and we don't sing this kind of music. That may be an attribute of what you do. But the real source is not because of the things so much that you do, but because of the divine sovereignty of God who chose you to his own purpose. And there's something about the cosmos order that runs in the realm of Satan and his demons that goes beyond your dress, your length of your hair, but they identify you in a realm which is invisible to mortal eyes. You see, you and I are hated, not just because of the physical appearance, but we are hated by people of the world because they are inspired of the cosmos ruler of this world. Many of them probably don't even know why they hate you. They just see you, they get around you, they don't like you from the get-go. They're not even sure why they don't like you. You know, that ought to help you to understand it is something in the realm of supernatural. Why they don't like you, it's beyond you, it's beyond me. Notice what Jesus says, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Based on what? Him choosing you. He actually chose us. Now, this is, of course, the teaching of the Lord Jesus himself. Now, remember, Paul was not there to be able to hear these words that the Lord Jesus said. But now, Jesus knew that the church is going to be established upon the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. So he himself begins to lay the fundamental principles by which the church will begin to preach. It will advance. There will be even advancement of the revelation that God will give them. The Lord Jesus... Jesus never even uses the word predestinate. The Lord Jesus never used the word predestination. Jesus never used the word predestination, but he taught predestination. 
He never used the word predestinate. He never used the word foreknow, foreknew, foreknowledge, but he taught foreknowledge. But yet he allowed Peter and Paul and James to be able to use words that he himself never used because he wanted the light of the gospel to reach a further stage of advancement. You follow me now? So he allowed them to be able to say things that he himself never even said. Oh my. You talk about how this, our beloved Lord, wants his people to so excel on the gospel, he could have said it all when he was here. But he chose to be able to sow the seed in apostolic seed form. And then he wanted his apostles, his chosen men, which are the constituents of the deposited truths. He wanted them to be able to take that truth and expound it even more and bring it in a more clear, clear sense than what he himself even said. Now you tell me what other king would do that. You tell me what president, you tell me what premier, what prime minister would do that. They all want to be the top dog. But the Lord Jesus is not like that. Can you imagine him allowing his sons to expound on things that he held back on himself? Oh, that's the kingdom of God I'm talking about. Now watch this. Jesus, as he says this, of course, in St. John 15, 19. Now watch how Paul picks it up in Ephesians 1, 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, amen, to himself, according to the pleasure of his will. And the church said, Amen. let's look at the word predestinated. It is prozeal, which means to determine before, ordained to predetermine, decide beforehand in the New Testament of God decreeing from eternity to foreordain or appoint beforehand. And the church said, so the Lord Jesus then lays these established principles of this and then he allows Peter and James and Paul to come and expound further and use words from the Greek language that he himself knew. No doubt Jesus knew this same word. He spoke Greek and Aramaic and probably part of Yiddish. He knew these words, but he himself decided, no, I think I'm going to say that and let Peter say that. I'm going to let Paul say that word. Paul's really going to really gonna be enlightened by that. So I'm going to wait and let Paul say it. Oh, that's my Lord. Notice he says in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted, which is highly favored in the highly favored. Now we'll get into it maybe Lord willing next week. John 3.16 said, for God so loved L-O-V-E-D, loved agape God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. You will agree with me? God loved the world. But here we look at another word which is beyond loved. It is this word in Ephesians 1 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace when he hath made us accepted. Which is agapeteos. Agapeteos. It is the very same word that is used for this is my beloved son. 
Now here Paul says that we have been made agapateos in the agapateos. So God don't just love the elect, but they are beloved. There is a difference in being loved and being beloved. Now here he says that he has made us beloved in the beloved. Now God so loved the cosmos, the world order, but the elect of God are not just loved, but they are actually the dearest to God's own heart. Amen. To the praise of the glory of his grace when he has made us accepted in the beloved. Second Thessalonians 2.13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. Amen. Oh, you mean they're not just loved of the Lord? They're beloved of the Lord, which is what? A higher degree than just being loved. They are specially loved. You have people in your life that you love? Oh my goodness, y'all need to get the Holy Ghost in. The rest of you don't love nobody? You have people that you love in your life? What do you have people that you love more than others? Now, don't tell me now that you have people that you love more than other people. You cruel thing. So you mean you have people in your life that are beloved? How many of you parents love every child in this church? Some of you are still struggling with where you can say amen to that or not. Well, I do. I'll say it for you. I love every child in this church, but I don't mind telling you there are some children in this church that are more beloved to me than others. They are mine. And they're my grandkids. Well, praise the Lord. Now, do I love them all? I do. I would save every one of them from a car wreck. I would do everything within my power to do everything I could to keep them from going to hell, to keep them from being lost, to keep them from, you know, running into all kinds of dilemmas of life. But yet there are those others which are more beloved to me. Amen. Notice him, but we are bound to thank always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Well, praise God. The beloved of the Lord are not just called to be saved only. They're called to believe the entire canon of truth. They don't just believe in the cross. They believe in it all. They don't just believe in the blood. They believe in heaven. They believe in all the great mystery of redemption. They believe the truth. And Paul thanked God for those that were called to do such. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No man that warreth and tangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So a soldier doesn't choose to be a soldier and go up to the captain, the Lord Jesus, and say, hey, Jesus, I'd like to do a service for you. I'd like to join your army. I'd like to be a captain. I'd like to be a general. I'd like to do this and that and the other. Nope, that's not the way it works. Jesus chooses you. 
First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. And remember Peter was standing there when the Lord Jesus uh, said these words. You imagine as the Spirit of God came upon them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And he reiterated these words over and over and over to them again. And remember Peter's written around 58 AD. So it's about 25 years, something like that, after they heard the words of the Lord Jesus. Now they've got all this time to think about election for knowledge, elect, predestinated, all these great mysteries of God. So as time goes on, they don't become weaker and weaker and weaker in these doctrines, but they actually become stronger and stronger and see that these doctrines need to be substantiated in the teachings of the Bible so that they would not be lost to the ages. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Oh no. Oh no. But ye are a reckon where in the world he got that at? His rabbi. His rabbi. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you. You didn't just make up your mind. You wanted to leave darkness because most of you loved it when you was there. Most of us love those things out there, and yet it was not us. It was him that called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. John again, Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So now this is the first century Christianity. Book of Revelation written around 96 AD. So we see from the span of 33 AD up to 58 AD, coming up to 96 AD, actually coming around 93 AD when the Gospel of John was written. So we find James coming around 60 AD. So we have a span from 33 AD up to 96 AD. We find it also in Polycarp. We find it also in Arrhenius. We find it coming right on down that they heard. They stood for the same principles until the church goes into the church ages. Then when it turns and comes out of Catholicism on the other side, then they've got all this confusion about how many gods there are. And do we believe in election? And do we believe in foreknowledge? And do we believe in the sovereignty of God? It was beyond question in the first church age. So when I see folks around this message still stumbling around, it lets me know they've not come out of the church ages yet. In their mind, they're still trying to sort through all of this. But if you're truly apostolic, your faith has been restored back to the original teaching of the apostolic fathers. Well, praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this word again that the Lord Jesus used. St. John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Now, this is not like a group of elders getting together, laying hands on a person, say, Brother, we lay hands on you and ordain you to be a preacher. Or we ordain you to be a deacon. Or we ordain you to do something else. No, this is not men ordaining, but it was the Lord Jesus. Now, watch. After the disciples were threatened because of a great 
great miracle in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 27 of a truce against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod with Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done Oh my. Look at this word now. Perizo. Predestinate. Determined before. In the New Testament of God decreeing. It's the exact same Greek word that as predestination. So here they are now after they get the Holy Ghost. And one of their first sermons is to go to preaching on predestination. Wow. So the Holy Ghost goes to preaching on predestination. Well, I wonder what spirit is that anoints preachers to preach against in this message. It can't be the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, notice now, remember these men have sat under the ministry of the Lord Jesus himself. So they're not struggling with Calvinism or Armenianism or free will or this or that or the other. They've heard these words from the man himself. So then they start incorporating these words into their very teaching, believe these are the principles that are important. You say, what difference does it make if we believe it or not? Apparently it made a big difference to the Lord Jesus and it made a big difference to the founding fathers. Now if the founding fathers had said build hospitals, build nursing homes, go out and try to do this and that and the other, that's exactly what I would be doing. But they never said that. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 13, verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, now remember the Jews had come up and they'd turned down the gospel and turned down the gospel and finally Paul said, all right, all right, fine, that's the way you want it. Well, it was, it was right that we should come to you Jews first. But if you Jews will not receive this, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Now remember, the Gentiles are sending, say, here on my right-hand side, and the Jews are on my left-hand side. And Paul's saying they're preaching to them, preaching to them. They refuse to hear it. Paul said, fine, that's fine. If you don't want it, that's entirely up to you. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And physically, they turn right around, bodily form, they turn right around from the Jews which had not mingled of course with the Gentiles and they turn over to the Gentiles and the Gentiles noticed their response and when the Gentiles heard this they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord and as many as were ordained to eternal life fought kicked stomped believed believed When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were tosso, tosso, a point to place in a certain order, to arrange, to assign a place, to appoint, to assign a thing to one. And as many as were assigned to eternal life. Well, praise the Lord. Now, in the Greek, the form there were ordained, I found this interesting, is a passive participle in the perfect tense. It denotes action amen, that took, put, took place in the past but is relevant for the present. 
So, so it denotes, and most of the time I couldn't care less about participles. But when I found out what this participle was, I kind of liked this participle. <laughs> in the Greek, the form well ordained is a passive participle in the perfect tense. Notice now, so it's a, it's a passive participle in the perfect tense. The very words that Luke, the great physician, I remember, Luke was a Jew. But he was schooled in medicine. He was also schooled in the Greek language and several languages that he spoke. He's the one who wrote the book of Acts. And Luke now searching for the right word to use when the Gentiles, and remember he wrote this years and years after it happened. And he's going back getting eyewitness accounts. Well, what happened that day? Tell me what happened. I was there, brother. My mother was there. My grandmother was there. Yes, sir, I remember. And when Luke went to pin it down, the Holy Ghost grabbed the hold of his pen and said, use that participle. <laughs> oh Luke I want it to be emphasized to them it denotes action that took place in the past but is relevant for the present praise be to God so it was a divine ordination of God it was the cause that caused them to respond to eternal life now you see, this is based upon the election and the choice of God. It is not the effect. Oh no, it is the cause. It was the cause. The cause. Hallelujah. Acts again, same writer Luke, chapter 18, verse 9. We'll move to the port city of Corinth. It is a city of great wealth, a city of great commerce, a city of all kinds of temples of gods and goddesses, all types of false worship, all types of worldlyism going on in Corinth. Why probably most of us, we couldn't even stand to live in that place hardly no time at all. Well, I want you to listen. Uh, Acts chapter 18 verse 9. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision. And remember Paul had been there and preached some and he really ran across some very discouraging times. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Be not afraid, but speak. And hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. But they just didn't know it yet. <laughs> for knowledge knew that they were there. Amen. The devil must have had a suspicion because he's really trying to discourage the body which is carrying the seed life. So here is the apostle, the anointed man of God, which is coming forth to be able to spark divine germination by the spoken word. And what Satan trying to do? Discourage that man of God. To where that man of God was just, I'm out of here. I can't take this pressure. I can't take this stress. I'm leaving. God said, Paul, don't you leave. Don't you get discouraged now. I've got much people in this city. And Paul, they need you. It's going to be through the words of life. You are a member of my body. My life must come through you as you speak the spoken word. It will bring enlightenment to the seed word. They will hear from their theophany as you speak the words of life. Hallelujah. 
You imagine the Lord Jesus saying, I have much people in this city. Oh my, we would have looked around and thought, whoremongers and liars and drunkards and everything else. But what did the Lord know? He knew who they were. Hallelujah. And he knew what they would become. They were lost. They were out of circulation. All they needed was to be quickened by the Holy Ghost. They were in his mind before the foundation of the world. And he claimed them as his own. Look out, devil. Oh, glory. Unregenerate, lost. But God says, I have much people. Friends, always keep that in mind when we're looking at folks and judging them and say, wow, that person, that old sorry, rotten outfit, that may be as far as you and I can see. They may be totally different by 8 o'clock in the morning. There's hope. They were his people both by gift and by purchase. God, the Father, had given them to Christ before the foundation of the world. And his blood had made a way that the water of life could anoint a servant of God to come with Zoe coming out of his very lips. Hallelujah. Producing a gospel. I believe the same gospel is being preached in the hour we're living in. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 11, and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Who? Them that Jesus said was his. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. Now I know folks don't like using these words and all, but this is the Bible. The wisdom of God is hidden to the eyes of the wise and prudent. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So God ordained us to be partakers of a hidden mystery, amen, which is in Christ Jesus before the world under our glory. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God before ordained that we should walk in there. So did the early church believe in ordained? So what happened? Darkness. And then when they come out on the other side, oh, oh, I made up my mind. Hallelujah. I made up my mind. I'm tired of sinning. I'm tired of it. Boy, I'm going to grab a hold of the horns of the altar and say, God, I'll tell you one thing, God. If God hadn't grabbed a hold of you, you'd still be out there drinking. You'd still be out there doping. You'd still be out there living with whores. Come on, don't get quiet on me. Oh man. Notice now, Peter again, eyewitness. First Peter 1.18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of the Lamb, without blemish, without spot, who was verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for... 
Jude 1, 4. There are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and the dying of only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Ordained of old? Where did you get this? From Jesus. You didn't know who Jude was. The foster brother of the Lord Jesus. One of Joseph's sons by another woman. But he never made his claim to fame saying, I'm Jesus' half-brother. He'd rather have his claim in, I'm a son of Jesus. So Jude believed there were people ordained of all to condemnation. Oh, now that don't fit with us modern Laodiceans, does it? Why? We're not apostolic. Well, let me not say we, because I believe some of us is. Now, let's look at the word again, elect. Now, remember what Jesus taught, Matthew 24, 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, which is electus, picked out, chosen by God to obtain salvation through Christ. Choice, select, the best of its kind or class. Excellence preeminent applied to certain individual Christians. So you mean the Lord Jesus believed this? He did. He believed it, called it. As a matter of fact, he's the one that come up at this plan. It's a great plan. Mark chapter 13, verse 22. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Now he goes to this extremity of the darkness in order to bring it right up so close to show what? The premier of the select choice on the earth is not the church. It is not the denominational believer or those who say they're Christians and live another life. But he compares this deceit to whom? The premier group on the earth, the elect. He couldn't find a higher group on the earth to compare it to. Luke chapter 18 verse 7 And shall not God avenge his own elect who cried day and night unto him though he bear long with them? Romans chapter 8 verse 33 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies Colossians 3.12 Put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved bowels of mercies kindness, humbleness of mind meekness, long suffering. Wow. My goodness. Did y'all know the Bible mentions so much about these things? So it's not so weird is it? It comes right from the Holy Bible. Now, the question ain't where it comes from. The question is, do you believe it? I believe it. Notice, there is an election even amongst angelic beings. Now, remember, God before the foundation of the world knew that there would be attributes that was in the portion of his mind, which were only the time portion. They would be reflected on the earth and the element of time to have a need to exist to fulfill a certain purpose under the law of contrast. 
They must be there to reflect darkness. It's like sickness and health and all the contrast under the law of darkness. They will come. Now, where are those powers of influence going to come from? What God made angelic beings. He made some that were electos. They were elect angels. Other angelic beings that were, they were given great dominion and power and authority. Principality is the word there, archae. And they were given authority, but yet they were not of that portion of his mind. They were not elect, but they were placed in heaven on a probationary period of authority and power. Praise God. Why? Because Satan can only be at one place at one time. I like to remind him of that. He's not like God, which is omnipresent, omnipresent. He can be everywhere at one time. The devil can only be at one place at one time. So he needed demons. Well, he can't make them demons. Where's he going to get them? He's going to have to go up and start preaching to the angels of God and try to get them. Well, he can't get the elect angels because they're elect. So God made angels that would be able to put on a basis where they could choose whether they wanted to stay with God or go with the devil. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and thee Elect angels, that thou observe these things without preferring one above before another, do nothing by partiality. So there are election that runs even in angelic forms. Praise the Lord. Oh, what a beautiful program it is when you look at it. Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. And here we come back to poor Peter. You know, he was a free will guy. Man, he struggled. Bless his heart. He just. First Peter chapter 1 verse 2. First word, he's struggling, ain't he? Elect. Elect. According to the foreknowledge of God. I love this word. It is prognosis. So you go to a doctor and the doctor says, you've got arthritis in your spine. You've got this, that, the other. Well, doctor, what's my prognosis? What are you saying, doctor? What's my prognosis? Well, what are you saying? (laughs) I'm so glad God has got a divine prognosis. Amen. Elect according to the prognosis of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. There's your prognosis, Brother Joe. Grace and peace and mercy. Oh, you won't just barely get through. But if you need more, it'll be multiplied when you need it. Well, let me just tell you one thing. The prognosis of the devil is he's going to be destroyed. He's going to be annihilated. The prognosis of sickness is it's going to be destroyed. The prognosis of evil is it's going to be destroyed. But my prognosis and your prognosis is we have grace in the time of need. We have mercy when we need it. We have repentance when we need that. We have healing. That's our divine prognosis. Glory to God. 
Second John 1 1. The elder unto the well, I mean, these guys had it on the brain. Can you imagine talking about election and predestination and foreknowledge and all that? That you, when you write a letter, that you use this word to identify a bunch of people. I, I don't have a bit of problem with that myself. <laughs> Where'd John get this? Yes, Rabbi. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. Not I only, but also they that have known the truth. Now remember, John was the longest living apostle, lived to be around a hundred. He got so old that he couldn't preach anymore. So they would actually carry John in to their assemblies after he returned from the Isle of Patmos. Whenever the Roman Domitian was finally stepped down, the emperor, they killed him actually, someone else come in and when he did, they allowed freedom to be among the Jews. Then John was able to return back among the saints and they just towed him around from one assembly to another. Glory to God. And they'd carry John in in this bed type of thing and they'd set him down. And he didn't have enough strength to get up and preach and labor in the word. But he'd kind of raise up a little bit. Brother Darrell, history says he'd raise up in his bed. And he'd say, little children love one another. Little children love one another. Just shake his hands and talk about the elect of God. (laughs) Praise be to God. What an impact that the Lord Jesus had made upon this man's life. Praise God. Oh, don't you appreciate it? Now, let's look at another word. Election. Romans chapter 9 verse 11. The children being not yet born, neither have neither any good or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that call us, Jacob and Esau. So before either boy was born, neither one of them could do right. Before either of them could even make a choice, God said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Is this your Bible? Do we believe it or we want to trash it? You want to take your scissors and cut that verse out? Romans chapter 11 verse 5. Even so then as at the present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now we're talking about the Jews now. The election of grace. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were Blinded. Romans eleven twenty eight. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. Speaking about the Jews against the Gentiles. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. First Thessalonians 1, 4. Knowing, brethren, beloved. Notice, not just loved, but beloved. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. So they actually taught that the saints of God should know that they were elected in Christ Jesus. 
Second Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, it'll make you so cold and so indifferent. And it'll warp your thinking and you'll, you'll live anyway. That's false doctrine. If people look at election right, it ain't going to make them cold. It'll make them humble. If you do these things, ye shall never. Now show me where they assigned this to preaching holiness. Do I believe in holiness? I do. But show me where one of the gospel writers ever said, if you preach holiness, you'll never fall. Because they knew you'd miss it sometimes. The very best Christian in you still needs to repent. Not just daily, momently, secondly, hourly. Come on, saints. My basis of my foundation of my faith is not how good I am. I ain't good. And I'm going to say for you, you ain't good. There ain't none of us no good. It's the grace of Almighty God. I make my election sure, and not how much I read the Bible, not how much I study, how much I pray. My election is sure because it's in Christ Jesus. Whoo. Praise be to God. Now let's look at another word here that the first century believers used. For no. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Y'all ready? Huh? For whom he did prognoskiko know before, to have knowledge beforehand, to predestinate those whom God, hold on, Brother Terry, those whom God foreknew so that they would love him. So where do we get the meaning of foreknow? Is it, well, God saw my choice and then he made his choice? That's not the meaning of the Greek word. I'm sorry. Well, praise the Lord. (laughs) For whom he did foreknow, he also did predetermine their destiny to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be whoa the firstborn among many oh no 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 now y'all don't believe that huh y'all don't believe that do you that he was the firstborn among many brethren insomuch that Paul according to the book of Hebrews said that he is not ashamed to call them brethren so was Jesus a Reagan or was he a Mullins or a Phillips or a Horn or, or what was Jesus the word he ain't talking about Bab or Reagan or Yance or Smith he ain't talking about that he's talking about the family of the word and the family name is the Lord Jesus That's the name over the door. That's the way we get in. Oh, hallelujah to God. So he is the firstborn among many brethren. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For whom he previously knew, he previously marked out copies of the likeness of the son of himself. 
copies. Notice this. The New English Bible says, God knew his own before ever they were. Also ordained that they should be shaped to the likeness of his son. Charles Williams says it this way. Rendered the verse for those on whom he set his heart beforehand. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Goodspeed wrote, those whom he had marked out from the first, he predestined to be made like his son. Roman Catholic Jerusalem Bible says that the ones that is called according to his purpose are the ones he chose specially long ago. I'm that kind of Catholic. Woo! Pray! Hallelujah. The ones that is called according to his purpose are the ones he chose specially long ago. So the early church, Brother Donald, you mean they actually believed all this? Yeah. They really did. They taught it. They believed it. I wonder, Brother Terry, if that's what helped them. Whenever they'd tie them to the stake. Yes, sir. And they'd loose tigers in the arena. And you men, let's go back to the first century, shall we? Or move on up to the second. And they take your wife. Karen, Harry. They take your wife, Brother Gene. They take your wife. Some of you are the brother's wife. And they, they put her up on a stake. And they give you some type of spear or some type of uh, weapon to fight this lion or tiger. And if you kill it, they'll let her live, maybe. You've never fought no lion. You're a farmer. And here you are. You're a Christian. You're saying God loves you. And God cares for you. This lion comes running out of there that's killed hundreds of men. And he comes up on you and you, you get scared and you run. And they had the cross hanging just low enough where they could reach up and grab. So he reaches up and grabs a hold of your wife's legs. And rakes his big paws down her legs. And she screams as he tears shreds of meat off of her legs. Then you come running and you try to take this thing you're not familiar with. And you try to gouge the line and hit the line. And I wonder, was it her holiness? Was it just their dress? How many times a day they prayed? Or was it not the election of God that said, God, you promised us, you chose us. We'll be there, Lord. This is not the end. Amen. We're in Christ Jesus. Why is it? The apostles wrote it over and over again. There must be an element of supernatural comfort that lays in these things. Don't you understand, friend? What are you ever going to get through your head? It's not just for you to see it like I see it. That's not important. What's important is that you see it like the Word says it. What will it do? It will bring encouragement to you when you're down. It will bring uplifting to you when things are going so bizarrely wrong. Oh my. I love this meaning. To foreknow signifies to design beforehand or at the first forming of a scheme to bestow favor and privilege upon a certain group of people. He did not simply foreknow them knowing that they would be a people, but him foreknowing them 
deposited them to be his people. <laughs> For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly. Now you want to know what God thinks about abortion? God didn't say, Jeremiah, you were a worthless fetus. Which was your mother's own choice to have you aborted. Because you was nothing but just jerking, twitching muscles. Come on, saints. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth of the womb. So God is identifying this fetus in the womb as an individual. I got a problem with that. We'll argue with God when you see it. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the name. Now wait a minute. How does free moral agency come in this? You mean to tell me God's going to make this man be a prophet and never even ask him first? That ain't fair. Well, praise the Lord. No, if you're a layer of sin, it ain't fair. But if you're a believer, it's fair. Don't you understand why God had to do it this way? This is the weeping prophet. He had one of the most difficult commissions of any prophet in the Old Testament. He got so down and so discouraged and so disheartened. God said, I've got to ordain him. I've got to predetermine him. No mortal man would want to do what he's going to have to do. Well, let me go ahead and say it. If God had not ordained a bride in every age, there wouldn't be one. There would be a church in every age, Harry, but there would not be a bride. It is not in man to rise to the status of the beloved of God. God had to predestinate a people to rise into that choice select position. If God had not chosen you to do it, you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinant counsel and foreknowledge. Of God. Peter is not merely telling the listeners God foreknew this would happen. He's telling them God ordained it thus. <laughs> oh, praise God. And the church said, Amen. let's jump down a little bit here, Brother Daniel. Romans chapter 11, verse 10. We'll close. God has not cast away his people which he look at the meaning of the word know before to have knowledge beforehand to foreknow to predestinate those whom God foreknew so that they would love him 
Nevertheless, the foundation of God, 2 Timothy 2.19, standeth sure, having this seal. Spragus. The seal placed upon books. A signet ring. The inscription or impression made by a seal. The name of God and Christ stamped upon their foreheads. That which anything is confirmed, proved, authenticated as by a seal, a token or proof. Now here's your seal that leads to your seal. <laughs> Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let me read a couple more, can we? First Peter 1, 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Elect! Oh no, poor Peter. Chosen, picked out, chosen by God. Choice, select. According to the foreknowledge. Again, same word. Prognosis. The word simply means not just a perception knowing one was there, but foreknowing them which gives them the deposit and the divine ability to come into the program of God. Amen. Elected, brought into the state of repentance and obedience. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. So apparently there's no way for you to lose it. Unless, of course, God's got it reserved in heaven until one day you backside and then he rubs your name off of it and gives, gives your crown to somebody else. And God's got a mansion for you until it, you know, God didn't know who would be saved or who wouldn't be saved. So God built this mansion directly for you and got your name on it, the Swanson family. And then God said, oh man, I didn't know Dave and Lydia was going to get out in the world. I didn't know they was going to get away from me. So God said, angel, go down there and rub Swanson off the mailbox and rub Swanson off the main gate there. And let's put the Smiths in that house. Smith, Swanson, close enough. Okay. You know, that, that ain't the way God runs his office. That ain't the way God runs his program. God's already got the theophanies built. He's then got the mansions built. He knows how many will be there. He knew before the foundation of the world. Amen. There won't be one extra mansion. There won't be one extra theophany. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faith is not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So come on, devil. Listen. Praise be to God. Let me read two verses here while you're standing. Again, Romans 8, 29, leading up to verse 30. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. 
them he, oh notice, and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also Oh, wait a minute now, Paul. You made a mistake, everybody. You should have said will. No, he didn't make no mistake. Your glorified body is already in motion. Hmm? Your supernatural body, the, the prophet said, is right here in the tabernacle this morning. Wanting to send a charge through you like a battery. You ever get kind of low down and weary and oh my, you get to go to church or you put on a tape or maybe you're praying or whatever more and all of a sudden, boy, you just praise God. What in the world? You got boosted. So he's going, uh, uh, uh. can I make it today? I, I don't know. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. God says, send this theophany down there. So your glorified condition comes in that supernatural realm and you know the spiritual jumper capers hook up on you and hook up on the other end and oh God, I don't know the glory to God. I know I can make it. Praise be to God. He that has begun this good work in me will perform. You say, what in the world happened to me? Well, you went from... And the devil said, oh, get out of the way. Another theophany charge. Look out, devils, here they come. Somebody else got, oh, I imagine the devil hates some theophany charges, don't you? Oh, praise God, it don't take 12 hours, 24 hours. He can do more than 12 seconds than we can do in a lifetime. Kind of makes you feel sorry for the devil in one way. No doubt for some of you, he'll be laying off his plan ever was. Oh, months, months in making it. Oh, he's going to spring it on Monday. And that Monday, God says, today's rapture day. And the devil went to all that trouble and said, shoot. <laughs> Too bad, devil. Praise God. Look, children, we are winners. Let me go ahead and say it. We've already won. It may not feel like it tonight. What you're going through. But our God who has called us and justified us has glorified us. It's a cycle that has been set in motion from eternity. And nothing in the loop of time will ever stop it from coming back up. To eternity again. Amen. Let's pray together. If you would just bow our heads. We have a baptism tonight, Brother West, if you all come prepare for that. Oh, praise God. Oh, my, don't it make you so happy to know that you believe, you believe first century faith. <laughs> First century teachings of Paul, Peter, Jesus, and James that you can set in church in the year 2019 and say, Amen. Amen. While others debate and argue, well, that's questionable. I'll tell you one thing. I don't think, Paul, aren't you glad you can just say, Amen. 
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because if you'll be honest, there's probably a time in your life, you know, Sunday morning, I mean, that you couldn't say amen to that. You struggled and you struggled. But little by little, God started dismantling that theory and tradition out of your life. Little by little, what? Moving you past the church ages out of the darkness of all the denominational isms. Bringing you back and setting you upon first century foundational faith. And you may think I'm weird and crazy, okay? I want to have the kind of church as your pastor that if Peter would be able to raise from the dead, step out of that office, Peter would be able to walk up here and preach the very same gospel that he preached in the first century. Paul would be able to step right to this pulpit, James, Bartholomew, any of the original ones, or the prophet of God would be able to stand right here and preach and pick up right exactly where he left off in 12, 12, 65 and preach the same word and would sit there and say, amen. That's right. Praise God. That's a sign we're going in the rapture because our hearts have been restored. I mean, let you be remembered tonight before the Lord. Maybe you need a charge going through you tonight, sickness in your body. Despair in your life, different things that you're going through. Lord Jesus is mindful of you. Heavenly Father, how we thank you tonight for your greatness, your sovereignty, your great program, Lord God. As we go on in time, and you're making your way more clear, more understandable. And I know the more a tradition that we let go, the more you will replace it with divine revelation and truth. Help us to see we can only advance in the Word of God as we are willing to let go of preconceived ideas that aren't right. Search my heart tonight, Lord Jesus, I pray. Help me. Cleanse me with hyssop, Father. Oh, God, I'm not talking about going out and running around with the women and getting drunk and this and that and the other. Cleanse me of tradition, Father. Cleanse me of anything, Lord Jesus, a preconceived idea, an influence of whoever that's not right pleasing with you. Help me, Lord, that my soul can be soul merged into the Word of God. That the person of the Lord Jesus can be able to manifest himself in our midst. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. We know that is the church that you claim as your own. Mark 16 in action. We see it among us, but Father, we want to see it more. We want to see your greatness displayed. Not that people would think we're anything, but they would know you are everything. Lord, people raise their hands. They have needs in their lives and their bodies. No doubt people stream in the services. People, Lord, from Iceland and Finland and Greenland and Australia, New Zealand, all over Africa, all over Europe, all over the UK, different parts of the world will go into this service. Wherever they are, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you minister to them tonight, God. Lord, may you heal the sick babies. May you move on those that's got cancer and diseases. Father, in the name of Jesus, may you bring deliverance to your people. We love you, Lord. We worship you here right now, God. We acknowledge you are our King. Hallelujah. Father, minister healing and deliverance to your people. We worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh.
said she wanted to be part of the family of God, not part of the devil's family. She wanted to be saved and wanted to give her life to the Lord. You know, uh, they, Brother J.D. brought the note up to me Sunday morning saying that they wanted tonight was the night they wanted to do it. and We'd talked about it already and I was sitting there praying and I said, Lord, do you think she understands? And he said, he said, what do you understand? And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll never stand between you and one of your children. I'll, I'll never be an obstacle that stands between you and one of your children if I can help it, Lord. You know, he, he scolded the disciples for that. I, I don't think there's any reason at all that we could regret this in any way. And uh, I want you all to join together as I pray for my little sister. Lord Jesus, as I lay hands on Sister Lily, I believe that Your Holy Ghost is at work in her life, Lord. And I believe, Lord, that, that it's You that's in this. And Father, as I baptize her today in Your name, Lord, I just ask that You fulfill the promise of Your Word and give her the gift of the Holy Ghost as You have promised to, to all the children from afar off, Lord. Well, Sister Lily, if you'll hold your nose there, little sis, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say you reckon one that's important? I'll take you with me to Tampa, 1964. We wonder why the church isn't moving along. But let's say it's like this. There's a little boy, a little girl. Here today, he was born over in Seattle, Washington. Their name is in the book of life. Maybe they're not old enough yet to receive it. The church will play along, move along, slug along, have meetings and so forth. Until that child, child, not adult, 
child is old enough to receive it. And when they do, the book is closed. And the bride will go home. What if the last one's a child? It don't have to be a 90-year-old man or woman. What if the last one to be brought in is a child? Be able to receive the Lord Jesus. Wouldn't it be just like him to cap it off with a child and bypass theologians who think they know so much? And him called a little child, the last predestinated seed, Brother Jim. Who knows how old they'll be? And the Lord just calls them and just repent and baptize and fills them with the Holy Ghost. And they perceive, oh, you say children can't do it. I'll tell you one thing. You ought to read my grandchildren's notes sometimes. I could about re-preach sermons out of some of the stuff they write down. Let me tell you something. We think our kids can't perceive it. Don't you know Hollywood's got better sense than that? Why do you think they focus movies and books and all that stuff toward these children when they're little? Amen. Feed them the right things. Bring them up in the right way so God can fill their hearts with his goodness and mercy. Ain't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Standing all within the presence of the Lord, in whom the wisdom of the ages lie, whom the raging of the sea subside, the living sacrifice, my only. Source of life, my hope is in the Lord. From this time on and evermore, oh, my hope is in the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Many of y'all know Brother Darrell's really been suffering with his back. He's going to be faced with a decision whether to have surgery on it or come off the field for six weeks and see if possibly it'll heal. And then if it doesn't heal, Maybe you have to have surgery after that. He's really just seeking the Lord about what to do. If God wants to use surgery, we accept that. But I happen to know the first surgeon. And you don't have to go to the med center to get his surgery. He's right here tonight. Brother Darrell's really, really suffered tremendously. You don't know the times that he's texted me down in the floor in motel rooms in pain laying with his feet up on the bed and his back on the floor fixing to walk out to preach pressed and went and pressed he don't tell you all that but he's his friend I want to tell you I want you to hold him up in prayer going to do that Lord Jesus 
when you stood there that day, I imagine the fear must have run up and down your body. Your hands probably started sweating and perspiration falling off of your brow as they pulled back them Roman guards with that cat of nine tails. The anxiety, maybe you bit your lip and you were standing there, your flesh was quivering before they ever hit you. They had two of them, one on the left and one on the right, Roman soldiers, and they would begin to hit you. The first one, whenever he did, your body began to feel the shudders of pain and how it must have just, oh God, run all over your body. Then the other and the other, they whipped you and whipped you, Lord. They beat your back, Lord Jesus, so Brother Darrell's back could be healed. You must have looked like a piece of hamburger when they got done with you. Strips of meat laying on the ground and bone and tissue and everything that was there. Lord God, you knew this time, this night would come when we would be standing here with our hands laid upon Brother Darrell. Heavenly Father, we know as ministers we're not free from trouble. We're not free from going through difficulty. Lord God, I know that you've used our brother around the world to pray for people and miracles and all kinds of things have come through his prayers. And yet, Lord, himself suffering, Lord God, we join our faith with our brother tonight, God. We ask you in the name of Jesus that you'd move. Lord, we're not going to tell you what to do or how to do it. Father, we simply ask for your will to be done in our brother's body. Lord God, I know that you called him and set him out on the field, Lord. Heavenly Father, has been a great blessing to people around the world, and I don't believe you're done with him, Father. But I know this thing has hindered him, Lord. I know, God, it's, it's, it's affecting him. And I pray tonight for my brother in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God move for him. Lord, you see the decision that lays before him that the doctors are going to put to him. Help him to know what to do. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, minister to Brother Darrell tonight, I pray, Father. Oh, Lamb of God, that one who come down in the garden that day and took the elements of the earth and you begin to breathe into them. Hallelujah. You're the one who made the disc. You're the one who made the vertebrae and the nerves. You're the same one right here tonight, Father, that can come right now and touch our brother. All it'd take was a simple touch. Lord, it would be totally gone and removed. We call upon your name tonight, mighty God. Move for our brother. In Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the saints said, Is our God a mighty God? Is He a healer? A deliverer? Amen. Hey, let's sing the chorus together. My hope is in the Lord. God bless you. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and tell them it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Don't you love one another? Amen. We're going to spend eternity together. Oh, my hope is in the Lord from this time on.
those who trust in Him will find their hearts at rest. My hope is in the Lord from this time on and evermore. Oh, my hope is in the Lord forevermore. Oh, my hope is in the Lord from this time.